Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Hey everyone, it's Sari. Welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there is a lot happening right now and we hope we can provide you with some insights, tips, best practices, and breathing room from the critical work we do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. And with us today, we are super excited to have Extraordinary Educator Andrea Bainey with us. Um, So Andrea, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, that would be great. Hello. Yes. So my name is Andrea Bainey. I am a fourth grade teacher at Danville Area School District, which is in central Pennsylvania. Uh, This is my 13th year of teaching, and I've always been a fourth grade teacher. Uh, When I first started out, I taught all subject areas, but now I focus primarily just on math. Where in central PA are you located? The school district is in Danville, Pennsylvania. I live in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, which is near uh, Bucknell University. Um, It's also close to Williamsport, which is home of the Little League World Series. All right. Great. Well, welcome to the podcast. We're super excited to have you. And we just wanted to start by asking, how are you? How are things in your world? Are you virtual? Are you in person? Um, If you want to just give us a little 411 on how things are going for you. Sure, absolutely. I have been a little bit of everything all school year. Um, We started off by offering our students three choices. Um, We have in-person learning five days a week for our elementary students, uh, as well as a bridge option, which bridges students are learning at home, but they are Zooming their way into the classroom. So they're hearing me teach to a live classroom of students while, while sitting at home with us. So they're staying on pace with Danville's curriculum. And then the third choice was a cyber program that was adopted by our district, um, but not connected to the Danville curriculum. So we have those three choices. So I have been in the classroom since September, um, but during, um, I guess it was the middle of November through the middle of January, we went fully virtual um, because of the holidays and the increase of COVID cases Uh, We just felt it was safest for everyone to be at home during that time. And now, since the middle of January, we have returned to in-person, and I currently teach two classes in person and then one virtually to our bridge students at home. Wow, so amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. It's, It's a lot. How are you helping students stay connected to you and each other during this time? So... One thing that my district established this school year was a delayed opening. um, And that was really to narrow down the huge rush of students into the building at one time. Um, Often the buses were dropping off at the same exact time and parent pickup or parent drop-offs were happening as well. Um, The delayed opening means that my students can enter my classroom at 8 a.m. or anytime between 8 and 8.45. And with that delayed opening, I really have an extended homeroom where I can just meet and talk with my students, um, face-to-face conversations, enjoying um, hearing about their stories and what they've been up to. Um, But also with that extra time, once all of my kids are in the classroom, 
we have a morning meeting question. And the morning meeting questions range from anything to like today was, would you rather have a pet dragon or a unicorn um, to like, what is your favorite food? And those types of questions really help build a classroom community. Uh, my students can hear, you know, often someone who might be a complete stranger to them has the same interests or um, they learn new things about their classmates and it really helps to drive positive conversations among students. That is so yeah, cool. That, yeah, <laughs> I think adults could could benefit from that activity too. And it's it's great to see like with, without skipping a beat, you've still managed to not surprisingly build a classroom culture where community is strong, where students feel connected. Um, just thinking about those feelings, I'd love to just dive deeper into SEL and how you're supporting your students with that. Are you doing like what you did in previous years? Are you doing something different this year because of the virtual nature that, that you've also taught in? Just like, what have you been doing and what's working? Yes, um, so just background information on myself. Um, during the 2015-2016 school year, I had um, some really personal things occur with me that was very, very tough. Um, my husband was diagnosed with cancer at 35 years old, and he had to go through four rounds of chemotherapy. Um, all the events that conspired um, resulted in me missing the first two days of school, um, missing many different days throughout the spring of that year to go to his chemo treatments with him. Um, and obviously through that process, my family and friends were checking in and asking how my husband was. And of course they were asking how I was, but I knew that I personally as a caregiver um, was very much so struggling. And even though I looked 100% healthy on the outside, mentally, it was very, very tough for me. Um, it was especially eye-opening walking into the classroom every day because I tried to keep things private from my students and I didn't want them to worry. Um, but again, I really just struggled with, oh my gosh, life keeps happening and moving and everything is still expected but I am struggling immensely, like very much so to even just focus on what I was being asked to do. That experience really made me realize that it's not just me as an adult going through those struggles that my nine and 10 year olds that are walking into my classroom could look 100% healthy and really be struggling on the inside because of something that's happening at home or um, anywhere, anything that they're personally connected to. Um, so ever since that school year, I have really made it my mission to connect with my students. I feel that it is so important to talk to them, um, to get to know them, to, to establish a relationship that they know that I'm someone they can trust and talk to at any time, through the highs, through the lows, and the in-betweens. Um, so I've always talked face-to-face -face with students because that's what I'm used to. Um, but coming into this school year, I knew that I had to find another way to also connect with my students virtually. So I decided from the first day of school, even when we were in person, to have them practice doing a daily check-in, which I had made through a Google form. So my students fill it out every morning and actually before each class. So throughout the day, I could check in and see 
you know, after recess, did something bad happen? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, that they can share with me emotionally how they're feeling. Um, and they knew it was a private form that I would see it and be able to then chat with them either face to face or through email and check in with them privately through Google Meet if I wanted to. Um, that those kids knew that I was still there for them, even though we were behind a screen. So, you know, even my daily check ins will from students might say, I'm ready to work and I'm having a great day. Or did you know my favorite animal is a dog? But I'll also have students say very personal things like, you know, hey, mom and dad are fighting. I'm sorry if I don't unmute today because there's a lot of screaming or other really personal things like that that they still felt comfortable, felt comfortable telling me um, because they knew it was for my eyes only and that we had built that trust to really set up for the day and throughout the day, um, each school day. Wow. <laughs> First of all, thank you for sharing your story and thank you for being vulnerable. That's huge. I mean, how's your husband doing now? He's great. He's actually going to be celebrating five years cancer-free on April 29th. So oh, that's, that's, yes, so that's wonderful. Yeah. And, um, that thank you for sharing the story of just the toll that takes because I think what's really interesting now in COVID too. I mean, you hear a lot about the trauma of just the what's happening in the world, but there's also a big trauma of uncertainty with caregivers, and that is kind of an unspoken trauma. So thank you for sharing about your story, and I love that what you did with that is you took that to really prioritize connection with kids. And you're teaching such a valuable skill to those students. You're teaching emotional uh, awareness, emotional resiliency, and you're creating an environment of psychological safety where students feel safe and trusted and they can open up to you. And they're going to remember this for their entire lives. Like what you are teaching goes well beyond the standards. This is just how to be a human. And just thank you. Thank you for doing that because we need more teachers like you for sure. <laughs> Just thinking about like your students later in life, they'll learn to ask others, how are you, right? Like if they're, if they're a boss and they're meeting with a direct report before a check-in, just saying, how are you? It's just so powerful and game-changing because even though, like you said, people can look okay, they're not, especially now, no one's okay. We're all struggling in different ways. And so just hearing you turn that, that tragedy and that that, you know, really hard time into like a, a lesson that you've then taken to sp spread your influence over at this point now, hundreds of students and their families and their networks. It's, it's really, really incredible. So thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I truly believe that. I mean, as adults, if we have something on our minds, we know it's hard to focus on what we're doing. So I think that it's very important that once we open up those barriers as educators to our students, that that wall can be broken down. And then that's the best way to break through in the learning process. You know, they're not going to learn unless they're ready to learn and mentally prepared to learn. And that's getting those items off their plate or being able to share. Right, and just having calmer brains. I mean, when we're dealing with trauma or stress or that poor student who's giving you the heads up that they're muted, like they're trying their best to be able to focus on the lesson, but their parents are fighting in the background. Like that's really difficult for anybody to learn. So just by creating, making it okay, creating space, like you are helping with empathy and everybody knows we could have a little bit more empathy up in this land of ours. <laughs> 
<laughs> just understanding other people's experiences and putting yourself in other people's shoes. So that's very commendable. Um, unfortunately, I, we could totally talk to you all day about this because this is great, but that is, uh, we're butting up against our time limit, but I do want to give you an opportunity. What advice would you give educators who are thinking about this? And, and you've been in all different environments. It sounds like you're still doing the check-in, but anything like, what would you say to educators who are listening right now? Um, yeah, I think it's very easy. And it is, it, it's easy to say we don't have enough time. There's never enough time as teachers. Our plates are constantly overflowing. Um, but I think we just need to really think about the mental health of our students, um, of children. They're struggling. This is really difficult um, for them, even if it wasn't a pandemic occurring right now. So just to make it a top priority, even if it's just five minutes out of your day to check in with students and just ask that question, how are you? And I think that really can open a lot of doors. Yeah. <laughs> mic drop. Right? Yes. There's, there's nothing else. No, mic yes, drop. It's true. Yes. There's nothing else to say. It's just, it's so, so important. And students will, you know, they'll, they'll, they won't remember maybe specifically what we taught them, but they'll remember how you made them feel and to feel cared for, like you belong, like, like you, you can trust the the teacher in front of you is just, you know, you can't ask for anything more than that. So. Absolutely. And that's what I remember. Oh, well, you know, when I think back at who my favorite teacher is, I can remember how she made me feel and the fun things that I did, not, not so much academic fun things, but right. the opportunities that she placed for me. Um, can't think about any assignment that she gave me or any, um, you know, of the classwork, but I remember how she made me feel. And that's the priority that I take now as a teacher, that I want those students to have the same feeling that I had as a child from that teacher. That's so powerful. I heard uh, an expert, we're listening to, a, I'm listening to an audio book that we're reading for, uh, it's an anti-racist book club that we have as part of our curriculum associates family. And they just gave this example at the end of the life this 90-year-old man is on his deathbed and his family surrounding him. And they asked him, what's one, is there anything that you regret? And he says, I regret not scoring higher on my state assessment. Right. No, he's not saying that. <laughs> Nobody's saying that. Like, that is absolutely ridiculous. They're not going to be like, I remember that teacher gave me an A in spelling. No, you're going to remember how people make you feel and your students will be remembering how great that you helped. You helped see them. And that's something that we talk about a lot in this podcast, that more people need to be seen and heard and not just students, educators. Educators are struggling you were struggling with just a life event, but people are struggling left and right. So if we could just be kinder to each other, more empathetic, ask your colleagues how they feel and really just listen. And radical self-care. <laughs> <laughs> That's so important. Well, thank you for being um, partnering with us. Thank you for being such an amazing, extraordinary educator. We appreciate you, we value you. We see you and we're um, just so grateful that you spent time with us. And how can people 
Find out more. Yes, uh, you can follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Association. We can also link Andrea's social media handles um, to our show notes as well. So you can find her. And on Instagram, we are at MyIReady. Please be sure to tag us in your posts so we can see the amazing work you are doing every single day. This is about you. We are here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.